Welcome to the Lore Life Podcast, where we seek to navigate our days with a little less stress and ideally a lot more fulfillment. In this season three, we focus on small and big changes that will advance our well-being, personal, and professional lives. On today's episode, we discuss simplification. We're asking ourselves, can overconsumption cause us to lose our way? I'm Mike Anderson. And I'm Darlene Tonelli. Hello, Darlene. Good morning. Happy Friday simplification this is kind of your jam simplification summarizing making it short to the point yeah a lot of my decisions now are focused and i think that we can talk about the downsides of that but i focus a lot on like how can i make this more simple (laughs) like every sense um i'll let you in on a little secret darlene okay i posted on our lawyer life pod instagram this morning showing my hashtag new office setup, which I'm very excited about. And so you can check that out. Now I will. And let me know if it looks simple. Um, (laughs) Hopefully it looks simple. But also uh, let me know if maybe I'm being swept into this time of year where you purchase things and everything has to be perfect and presentable. Did you buy everything on Black Friday deals? No, I didn't. I bought it uh, like a couple weeks ago. So I didn't do that properly. But it is Black Friday today. So it would have been really hard for me to get Black Friday deals and get a whole lot. Well, pre, if you are like me, signed up to a whole bunch of uh, email lists that you didn't know you were on until you started being (laughs) just totally assaulted by pre-Black Friday and last Black Friday week and second week before Black Friday. You need to I mean, I feel, I've been getting it all month, I think. So oh. I think you could have gotten a good 25% off. <laughs> well, thanks for making me feel so good about that. And we're going to talk more about Black Friday in a second, but mm-hmm. take a deep breath and remember what we're doing here. So this is our third season about high performance. We're focusing 12 episodes on wellness, personal development, career development. And we're still, we're just finishing up our personal development section um, today. Um, and as we know, for each uh, you know episode we do, we like to give ourselves challenges to practice you know the good thing that we have been talking about in every episode. And then we follow up on those challenges and we'd love everybody to to join us uh, online, Twitter and Instagram at Lawyer Life Pod. I say this because we need to remind ourselves of some of those things as well. Last week, we did not do any challenge follow-up and we did not issue any challenges to ourselves. No, and we got some feedback from a listener that we had we had done that, and we were, uh, yeah, sad. we knew we figured it out right after when we were yeah. going to do the edit. But uh, anyway, we're going to do it today, right? Yeah. So let's get into that. So two okay. episodes ago, we talked about the importance of relationships, and we left ourselves with a challenge, and that was determine what is missing in a relationship you have or want to have. And then find a way to fix the problem. So did you uh, partake in this challenge, Darlene? I did. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm going to talk about, so the relationship with my children, which I think uh, many lawyers are trying to navigate that. And I think one thing that um, is maybe, I think it's not a lawyerly thing. I think it's anybody who has a demanding job or a thinking job. Like so much of our stuff that we do is like thinking about how to respond or, um, you know, structuring a, 
an outcome or like our part in it. And I do find that sometimes even despite best efforts, even if the phone's off, even if I'm um, not doing work in front of my kids, I'm sitting there making a Batman Lego set or something. (laughs) Um, And my brain is elsewhere. And so that's the relationship. uh, Like I want to fix the relationship with my kids to be constantly improving towards like true presence with them. And um, I, I think that I can do it. I think this is something that can be done and something that I've tried over the past couple of weeks, which is, is working, but it's a a muscle. It's a habit. I got to keep working on it is just when I find myself doing that. And, you know, the clue is the kid saying, mom, you know, mom, what do you think? Like (laughs) this, do you like this Lego piece? And the problem is like the questions are often repetitive or like my brain kind of files them immediately under like not listening because they've been asked six times. I don't want to do that. Yeah, buddy. Yeah. uh Uh-huh, buddy. Yeah. And then you give these really superficial answers and like, they're very smart. They're very wise. They deserve better than that crappy answer. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So uh, what I tried to do as a tool was that I would just, when I found myself um, realizing I wasn't focusing, I would go, I would do like the breath that Sarah Robertson suggested on our mindfulness episode where she said, you know, breathe in for four, breathe out for four. And I would just like take a breath. And then in my brain, I would just like say, change the channel, you know, like your brain's on work. You're sitting with your lovely child and he needs you right now. Like playing with the Batman Lego is like the highlight of his day instead of me being like only seven more minutes till like school time. And then I can start working. Like that's not how it's supposed to be. So even for someone who is like trying so hard to be so um, balanced between everything, that is like an area for improvement and same for all relationships, frankly, like we're all sitting in conversations. Our attention span is like deeply under siege these days. And I worry sometimes that I'm losing the ability to focus on only one thing. You know, when there's a more exciting thing to think about. Speaking of that, I was at a social event last night with like a lot of folks from the entertainment world and boy, oh boy, like being in a conversation and then you see the person like their eyes are scanning the room to see who else is there. Oh, that's the worst. (laughs) Okay. All right. Yeah. There was a lot of uh, people not necessarily being present in conversation, I think. Oh, man. I always say, all right, nice talking to you. And then I That's move on. That's basically what I did. I was like, okay. okay. Um, I'm getting, <laughs> I understand what's going on here. Yeah, I'm filling yeah. your time until the next person speaks oh. to you. Um, okay. That's a good rela- uh, challenge follow-up about relationships. Mine um, is focusing on more like community relationships. I, I heard someone recently speak about the difference of being like welcoming and being inviting. Being welcoming is like, you know, nice and you know when people are in your home or whatever you know you you do a good job hosting them inviting is really being like truly bring people in you know kind of being a magnet uh, in a way and i want to make uh, our house more inviting especially for uh, my daughter's uh, friends and her and their parents so um my what i'm going to start I think after the holidays, because everyone's really busy this next month, uh, but it is one Friday every month, we're going to open up our household to like all the people, all the parents that we know, anybody, all the people in our neighborhood with kids around the same age. Um, Friday after school slash daycare, come on over. Kids can play together and we'll just order some pizzas all together and just hang out and have an early Friday evening. And it's not, we're not going to 
put on a big meal. We're not going to clean the whole house. Um, it's okay. We're that you know, no one has to be perfect. No one has to you know dress up. No one has to do anything. You don't have to bring anything. Just show up. We'll order some pizzas, and that's like what this kind of Friday thing is going to be. So that's I haven't done it yet, but that's my way to fix the problem. Oh, I love that. Yeah, I really I would, love that. And it that. doesn't matter if one family shows up or if. 10 show up because we're going to order the pizza once everybody gets there. We don't need any prep. We don't need any stress. If no one shows up, that's also fine. But I just want people to know that we're open and we're, we, well, why don't we just spend the time together instead of everybody just being in their own homes having pizza because that's what people do on Fridays anyway. So yeah, that's what I'm going to do. That's what I was going to say. I'm like, everyone's going to be doing that in their own house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 That's what we do on Fridays. Yeah. Everybody does um, that. Oh, I love that. That's great. Great idea. Mm -hmm. Thanks. Okay. Mm -hmm. we Then we had the ego uh, episode last week, right? We did yes. not challenge ourselves to do anything with that. So what do you think we should do about that? I have challenged myself to share the message from that book, really, from uh -huh. reading it. Um, in sharing that book, or even in talking about it, if you listen to the podcast, it's not really about like, I have a big ego, or I'm sharing it because I think other people like have a big ego. The idea is, ego is something to be overcome. Yeah. in all of us like everyone has it it's a challenge itself um that's why we did it as an episode and the more you can be successful in kind of grappling with your own ego the better off you'll everyone else will be around you and you will be so for me that's the challenge is like share it um you know explain the thinking behind it and hopefully be helpful and even if that's not the book that speaks to someone maybe it opens up a line of thinking and they find a, a book that does speak to them. That's kind of the, the thought. So I've already shared it with like five people, <laughs> at least maybe 10. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And now here we are today, we're talking about simplification and, and what a well-timed uh, episode because today is Black Friday, where we are encouraged to fill up any void we have in our lives <laughs> with inexpensive goods. Um, and the way we're kind of focusing the conversation today is can consumption or overconsumption block our kind of peaceful state of mind? Right. And there's a lot of pressure at this time of year, right? To to consume and to get out there and get stuff for our family and friends, um, especially the kids. You want, man, Frozen 2, updating those dolls so they look a little bit older. Come on. <laughs> Come on, guys. <laughs> How do you do I, that to parents? I, I did not realize that was, that was it. Oh, yeah, the kids notice. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. Um, but so, so ultimately the question is, how much do we have to do? How much do we have to buy? How much do we have to fill our lives with material goods? Um, and and if we do too much of that, can we actually get in our own way of achieving our own goal, our own goals and and being fulfilled? What are your thoughts? Well, I mean, I think as always, this to me is just a piece of the equation, right? It's like if you do a lot of work on on mindfulness and stuff, this will come naturally in that you will start to be mindful of like, why am I buying this? You know, do I need this? What's the point of this? Um, but I think bigger picture for me is that anyone considering doing anything off the beaten track, like being an entrepreneur or um, taking a pay cut because um, they don't love the work they're doing, you know, that's that's a good chunk of our audience, whatever the profession, um, lawyer or not. 
part of the sort of calculus is realizing, well, what is this life that I need to maintain with my income? You know, what's in it and why? Yeah. And it reminds me of a great story. I was at a career event, I think my last year of law school, and there was a lawyer there named David Sweener, um, who was involved. He's been involved in like uh, global public health and anti-tobacco work for decades, I think like 30 years. And he was involved in the US tobacco trials. And he shared a story um, about scientists. Um, and I'm, I'm, what I'm getting to is avoiding um, overconsumption and how that can shape your life and your job, basically. But he saw all these respected scientists who were expert witnesses that were hired by the tobacco companies and effectively gave favorable evidence. And what he realized was, you know, the tobacco companies would find these scientists years and years and years before and say, hey, we love your work, even though they're anti-tobacco scientists, basically. And so we love your work. Can we give you a little retainer and you can give us some advice on how to make our products healthier? And the scientists would say yes. And then the retainer would go up every year and the scientists would have kids and the scientists would put them in private schools and the scientists got big homes and expensive cars. And then uh, the trials came up and effectively the message was, um, hey, um, you know, it looks like we're not going to be able to, you know, slide you that retainer every quarter now because we have these trials and they're really expensive. And if they don't go well, um, definitely, you know, we won't be able to afford your sort of advice. So do you know anybody that can help us out with some expert testimony? And the person who had structured their life to rely on that money um, then found themselves in a, in a difficult position. And mm-hmm. so the, the story effectively is just shape your life in the way that you want your life to be so that you can achieve the goals that are important to you instead of just taking whatever input you're receiving money, whatever else, mm-hmm. um, and allowing that to push you into places where you might not, not necessarily want to go. So I think that, you know, as much as we're talking about black Friday and, and about small purchases, there's also like structural, very important structural pieces in your life that dictate the way your life is going to go and the level of freedom you have. And also, you know, in our first episode, you know, we, we based everything in the foundation, you know, who do you want to be? What do you want to do? What kind of person do you want to be? How do you want your life to look? Um, that is what should be shaping major decisions, especially when it comes to finance, because let's face it, um, you know, that that is a, a major stress on uh, the way a lot of people shape their lives. So that that story from, from David always stuck with me. Uh, and his message was, Um, you know, don't rely on other people's uh, money. If it comes along with strings, you know, stay on your path and do the thing that's important to you and the rest will figure itself out. Well, and we also talk a fair bit about principles on this podcast. (laughs) Yeah. And, you know, what you're describing there too is um, that people who need other people to go against their principles to accomplish things, they look for people who are vulnerable or have a weakness or, need money more than they need to, um, you know, honor what they're about as a human being. And I think we're seeing a bunch of that in the press right now. And I don't know, you know, we can't say for sure what the what the reasons are, but you just want to be the kind of person, oh, I, I think I do. I try to be the type of person where I never need to um, put myself in a, in a spot outside what I'm, uh, my principled views on things to accomplish something that's not important to me. You know what I mean? Like if you have 50 material possessions that you don't even really care that much about, but you feel ego and status about protecting, 
Um, you're vulnerable. It's a vulnerability in life. And you have to spend a lot of time. You talked about the boat on an episode a whole bunch, uh, a whole oh, long time ago. <laughs> We're like, if I have I'll a boat, boat, I got to get a boathouse, got to get a dock, <laughs> <laughs> got to fix the boat, <laughs> polish the boat. Yes. I think about that a fair bit, right? Anyway, so it's like a bunch of, there are a bunch of things all mixed up. And I, I think it's funny. I'm, you know how we talk about the meaning of words. I'm very struck by, you know, they're called possessions, right? Like possessions, if you think about that, like who owns who at the end of the day, right? It's like a weird word. It's like, why are these the possessions? Um, but it's true that if you have so much stuff to like be accountable to, and that's what drives your choices in life, that's kind of backwards. It's, it's supposed to yeah. be that you fill your life with, you know, you use your career to fill your life with the things that you need. And I always say it's a slippery slope. It's always like everybody's own experience, but that has been mine. I have found real peace from just scaling down. Um, and also, you know, you can accomplish your, like your pizza story, for example, the pizza party for the neighborhood. Yeah. Your, your interest there is entertaining and being communal and having people feel welcome in your home. But like the advertising way that would teach you how to do that is like, you know, exactly as you said, do your house up, clean it up, make sure you have like nice dishes from Williams Sonoma and a special like Le Creuset pot and whatever. Um, and that's just marketing as to what entertainment looks like. So to to just be strong in your core and be like, I oh, know entertaining means me having people that I can chat with that I value in my home. And if our house is like not the cleanest or we're eating pizza, um, then, you know, that's okay. It really is okay. And it might even be more fun because then people might not feel yeah. pressure to be inviting you to their perfect house with, with Williams Sonoma dishes. That's my goal is that it spreads and everybody can just feel chill with it. Yeah, you know? I actually think that's like tying back to our relationships issue. It's a good point because I do think that that is a reason why people don't entertain um, or like have community as much too. Because when I was a kid, I mean, you just went over to someone's house. It wasn't a that's play it. date. Um you know, there was no organizing, there was no grand plan, there was no special snacks put out, right? Like, it just was low, low stress. So um, maybe the the added, um, the Pinterestization of, of all that stuff has made uh, people less willing to do it. I don't know. Yeah, it's more of like, it's always an event now. Um, but on this on this note of simplification, so I, I'll follow up on last week something I mentioned about uh, getting rid of my Twitter account, right? <laughs> it's it's going. Right. It's um, been a week. Yeah. It, there's, just, there's just a, this small thing has made me realize there is a capacity, like everything is finite. Our brains have like a capacity to be in, engaged. You know, our time, we only have so much of it. Like, um, and what I'm realizing is the more I can peel back unnecessary stuff like Twitter, um, the more capacity opens up. And the the thing that I have truly found is that I'm not, there's nothing pulling me to my phone anymore. And I'm not mm-hmm. wasting this time and mental energy going through this timeline. And that's, yeah. and so it's been great. And, and so increasingly, I'm just kind of looking at everything and being like, do I, do I need, is that, does that need to be part of my day? You know, I look in my closet like, is it just going to be easier if I can just see five t-shirts instead of this mess, like really editing. And we're using the house, this word a lot in our house now, like we need to 
edit like the toys. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's like, we're going to keep the best stuff. And I know it's like Mary Kondo, blah, blah, blah. But it, it really, really, really has an effect of just getting rid of the clutter, whatever your clutter is, whether it's, you know, we, you know, relationships that you're not finding beneficial or, you know, some sort of commitments that you've made that really um, aren't paying dividends and you feel like you're not making big impacts at or like, like me, physical stuff like, you know, this mess of toys up in the attic, whatever. The more you can just let it go and get it away so you don't have to see it or deal with it or maintain it or upkeep it um, really does open up some great capacity to to channel into whatever the thing is that naturally you want to channel it into. I mean, your I feel like your mind and your body will just kind of like, oh, hey, here's some time. <laughs> you know, I feel good. I have energy. Um, why don't we fill it with this sort of thing? And I find I'm being drawn more to things that I actually do enjoy instead of things that, um, you know, are obligations or like quasi, not, I don't want to say addictions because that's not the right word, but Twitter definitely has this pull that I was, that I think is, at least for me, was not, not healthy. Um, yeah. So this idea of simplification, what I'm trying to say is it can be applied anywhere to anything. And and really the goal is to open up capacity and freedom that you might not necessarily otherwise have. Well, and when you think about um, like your to-do list in a week um, post Black Friday. So today um, people are going to have ordered a whole bunch of stuff online, right? They're going to have bought a whole bunch of stuff on sale. And in yeah. our new world, you can just buy things and then you got to return them if they don't work or they don't fit or whatever. That becomes, it's on your to-do list. Um, certainly as a parent, I mean, it's somewhat of a necessary thing. Um, but it's, I think for me, what has been helpful over the years is just looking at what's on my to-do list and like, why? Why is that there? You know, always the why. Um, and if it's there because it's important to you or um, you feel like you get some value and that's something you'd like to focus energy or finances or whatever on, then I'm, I have no, I don't think any of this stuff is like a, a straight up condemnation of like, we can't be materialistic or whatever. I just think it's like, we can't be materialistic because we're told that's what it is to live. <laughs> right. It's like, it's yeah. just, if we just do it for the wrong reasons without thinking about it, then we might find ourselves to be like heading down the wrong path. Um, so I think it's just about, um, you know, bigger picture too, with an environmental kind of, um, lens, we don't really need so much stuff. I mean, we didn't have a lot of stuff when I was young in our house, like stuff, um, per se, like knickknacks and things. And I think that like lower cost goods are a bit of a, um, you know, they're very attractive. It's very attractive to think, oh, I can get that great thing for 20 bucks, but I don't know then you have to deal with it. And like, what's the true cost of that item? I don't know. Anyway, this is all our musings for Black Friday. We try to be timely and uh, <laughs> no, it's, it's good. And I think it does tie into other things we've been talking about. And I think it you can kind of channel it through the um, the lens of the of John Boyd that we offered last week from the Ego is the Enemy book. Again, this was um, you know, a man who served in the military who would speak to uh, young kids coming through uh, about you can either, you know, be, so to speak, successful or do stuff that matters to you. Um, and it seems like, you know, 
buying stuff for the sake of buying it or buying stuff because you want to appear successful or like you have your stuff together or whatever, that's on the to be side, right? But there is stuff you need to buy for the to do side, right? Like, mm-hmm. for like example, the office chair. The office chair, exactly, <laughs> which I am sitting on. I need that to do stuff. We're not saying, you know, that you can't, you have to be a monk living in the woods. Um, although maybe that would be great too. Uh, but <laughs> anyway, um, I, focusing on is this feeding my ego? Is this feeding the superficial or is it feeding my substance? Um, it might be an interesting way to look at these decisions we're making, not only when we're, if we're purchasing something, but also if we're committing to do something, or, you know, really filling up any sort of capacity in our lives. Or, and also to add to that, is my stuff contributing to me not being where I want to be? Yeah, totally. I do hear a fair bit of like, well, I've got all this great stuff, but I don't really like what I do. It's like, well, okay. Like, where do those fit in like the scheme of things as importance? Um, yeah. That's a, that's an important question to ask. And yeah. sometimes and it's one that of- you can't look at in the future. Like, you can't look at it before it happens. You can only look at it when you're in it, right? Like, you can't you can't know how having all the stuff is going to make you feel until you have it. And then you're like, okay, shoot, it didn't get me where I wanted it to get me. Or it did, yeah. in which case, great. Um, but if it yeah. didn't, which is the more probably likely <laughs> option, um, then what do you do about that? Get rid of the stuff and change stuff if you can. I mean, but sometimes you're stuck. And that's like the example of the scientist who, I, who in some ways I feel for, you know, if, totally. if the scientist from the David Sweeney example, let's say priority number one for that scientist is their family and priority number two is their job on their like, this is the sort of person I want to be. I want to make sure that, you know, I do everything I can to give my family a good life. And I also want to be, you know, professionally fulfilled. And then they wind up in a situation where they have to compromise on one of those two sides. Um, And it's a really hard thing to do to, you know, if your kid's in private school to halfway through the year, tell them that you can't pay the tuition. I mean, that would be really difficult, you know? And so maybe they took the hit on the, on the professional side to make sure that they, you know, honored their obligation to their family. Like it's a very difficult thing, but the point is if we can, before we're at that point, look at decision-making, um, you know, at the beginning of the path to be like, okay, is this for me? Uh, is this going to get me closer to my goals and the person I want to be for myself, my community, my family, my coworkers? Is this going to help that? Is it going to feed the to-do side or is it going to feed the to-be side, the superficial ego-based side? And and then you're in a situation where you're inviting clutter, you're inviting chaos, and you're inviting potentially um, you know, some compromise down the road. Right. So challenge time? Yeah. You've put together the challenge. I'm interested yeah. to see what you what you got. So it's pretty simple, and it, it aligns with effectively what I just said. Um, challenge is this: before you buy something or commit to something new, ask yourself, "Do I really need this?" That's it. All right. That's the challenge. And then we're going to report back. We will. Okay. We will. And not forget. Okay, cool. Um, we'll get chat about simplification to keep things simple. I say we keep moving on to our goods and gripes right after this. 
The Lawyer Life Podcast is brought to you by Interalia Law. Interalia lawyers have big firm training, in-house experience, and a wide range of expertise in technology, media, and entertainment. Our advice is business-focused, speedy, and practical. To learn more, visit interalialaw.com. That's I-N-T-E-R-A-L-I-A-Law.com. And we are back with our goods and gripes. Goods are things we want to promote and support, and gripes are things that annoy us. Darlene. Uh, goods. So I am aware, well, I, w- I went to an event this week about, um, it's a new accelerator for businesses that are founded on feminist principles. And I learned a whole bunch of interesting things. Um, namely that it was, you know, the term feminist gets a, a raw deal sometimes, but the way that some of the different businesses articulated feminist principles, I realized that my own business is founded on feminist principles, which I wouldn't have defined as such given our team is, uh, you know, not, there are a lot of men on the team. I don't know if everyone would define themselves, everyone who is on the team, I don't know if they would define themselves as feminist, but some of the values that were articulated were, you know, structuring work around care obligations for family and and children. Yeah, you do that. That's right. I do that for sure. Um, And then there were a bunch of other things like equity and, you know, putting people above profit and things like that, that I wouldn't necessarily have thought were feminist. Um, But when you think about it, it makes a lot of sense. So I'm very interested to see where that keeps going. It was an event. um, It's going to be part of something called Fifth Wave Connect that's sponsored by the Canadian Film Centre. So if anyone's interested in that as a topic, I would certainly recommend looking into it. Um, Really interesting stuff. Really interesting stuff. What's your good? Because I have a I have a couple grapes today. Oh Two. no! Mm-hmm. Um, I have I have a couple gets. Let me. Uh, I would just say that this type of year is really great. I'm excited that it's almost December. Uh, there's like a little custom in our neighborhood. There's this one house that like really decorates a lot for the holidays, and they have this. I don't know if it's spoken or unspoken rule that nobody turns on their Christmas lights. Uh, until that house does it first. Oh, wow. (laughs) There's like at six o'clock on Sunday um, on like just down the street from us, we're going to go because that house will turn on their lights and then everybody else will turn on their lights. And it's just like that. It's like a Um, Hallmark movie. Yeah. I picture your whole street lighting up at once. That's so cool. Yeah, it kind of is that way. Uh, So I just tradition is so nice. And and even if people uh, don't, you know, celebrate Christmas and aren't into it and, and maybe practice other religions. I'm hopeful that this time of the year, at least, um, you know, with work winding down and holidays coming up and so on, that it's a great time of year for everybody. So I mean, I just, I'm really excited about this time of year. It makes me happy. That is very cool. I love that. I feel like we should start that on my street. Um, okay. You just need one person who sends that message <laughs> of like, no one before me. <laughs> Well, I think or everyone we, with me. I guess that's the nicer way to say it. We actually have that person, although no one does it right after they do it. They put them up on like the day after Remembrance Day, and they put them on. Oh, that's a lot. So yeah, that's it'd be tough to beat them to the punch. Yeah. Um, okay, so I have two gripes. One is related to my earlier story about the Batman Lego. Not to be too nostalgic on this episode, although I did do a bunch of nostalgic thinking. Just comparing and contrasting my life uh, or the life of kids today versus my life when I was a kid. Um, And I got to say, when I was a kid, we had this Lego set that was like a bunch of random blocks and good for you if you could make something even remotely nice out of it. (laughs) 
<laughs> like maybe that was just my yes. Lego set. But like if you had a door and a window and like a square thing, great. And you would have to make a roof out of like like you know staggered Legos. The sets that my son gets are like these elaborate equivalents to assembling IKEA furniture that yeah. I I just don't know. Like, is that, it's a skill, but I feel like it's a different skill than I was using um, or a different part of the brain than I was using when I assembled Lego as a kid. So I'm, I'm not huge. They, they make really neat stuff. Like it looks a lot cooler than it used to, but I don't know, not my favorite way <laughs> to spend time. I would far rather put a bunch of random blocks together and see what I come up with. So that's well, one. Can, can you just buy just like a bunch of random blocks and? Well, but it's so unfulfilling once you've made a Spider-Man car or like an, a legit Batman car that like fires things or whatever. Oh, yeah. Okay. It I just seems that. lame when I'm like, let's just make you the blocks into something. Yeah. You can't really it. go back, and you don't really realize that until you've built a couple of these things, and they take forever. And it was only yesterday that I'm like, why do I hate this? Oh yeah, because it's just like assembling furniture. <laughs> I'm on step 35 and I made a mistake at step yeah. 50 and that's going to foil my efforts. Anyway, how about you? I can do my other grape right now or after? I'll go and then you go. Okay. Uh, my grape is having to take out the garbage. <laughs> mm -hmm. I, I think that's like, like a it. universal grape. Maybe. And a great way to not have to do it is not bringing stuff into your house, I guess. So it aligns with the simplification episode, but good golly, you do not like doing that. It does. Yeah. Fair. Mm -hmm. My other gripe is just, I realized this week that um, my daughter has started to learn about princesses. And she said to me this morning that uh, her dress made her look like a princess. I was like, oh, I wonder where she even knows that word. Like, it's not a word that we have really tossed around here too much. And she doesn't have yeah. like princess dolls or um, so I'm amazed, like probably she picked it up from friends or whatever. But um, I was realizing that in a similar vein, I was noticing that there's kind of like the girls grow up with the Cinderella story that gets a lot of play in the press. But I've been looking at this, the media about um, like tech CEOs and stuff. And I'm kind of realizing that that's almost like the male equivalent of the Cinderella story where you, you know, you're in tough circumstances, you're eating noodles on living on your friend's couch mm, and then you mm -hmm. get like a venture capitalist who comes in and gives you a bajillion dollars <laughs> you know and you get so rich and then you're the richest person and you have no problems and I'm like why is like because I've been troubled by seeing this story over and over and over in the press I'm like oh this is like the the Cinderella story for for men kind of do you agree with that or is this just my thinking oh, I don't know how exposed uh three-year-olds are to venture capitalists no but, i mean uh, for adults no 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 i don't think that kids get it i think this the the thing for men <laughs> at this age my son is going to be a superhero and when we talk yeah, about new york he believes right. that we will meet peter yeah. parker when we go there yeah. um mm -hmm. you know that's where his mind is at i think so at the kid level certainly it's the uh, <laughs> the princess thing for girls and the superhero thing for guys but i think when you sort of move up into the later ages that this is like a form of Cinderella story. I don't know. So I, maybe that's why it's such an interesting one to everyone where the true story of most businesses is a lot more just day-to-day -day sweat equity um, mm -hmm. that builds something to a reasonable level. So anyway, these are the thoughts that I have in 
my down moments when I should be building Lego with full authenticity and focus. <laughs> yeah. Well, anyway. you know, you're challenging norms. Um, okay, cool. Uh, well, this was great. Uh, and we will talk soon. Talk soon. That's it for this week's episode of LLP. Thanks to Inter Alia Law for presenting the podcast and to Nick Fowler for composing and performing our music. See our show notes for his website. Don't forget, we love feedback. Please comment in the review section or subscribe or like. We'd appreciate it greatly. That's it. Talk soon.